0: Sean Sheehan answers everything on SevereMMA.com. What is up everybody? Sean Sheehan back here with another edition of Sean Sheehan answers everything following episode 205 of the Severe MMA podcast um this edition of the podcast is free for everybody so if you're listening to this and you're not a patreon subscriber please sign up patreon.com forward slash severe mma podcast everyone will tell you how great it is it's brilliant and have a little chat with everyone there over on patreon i'll tell you it's amazing and it's well worth the five a month price of a pint a month Or who cares what would you be doing give me an old pint if you met me out you'll buy me a pint so you might as well sign up and do it there Right, let's get straight into it here. Um, before we get to the questions this week, I promised I would uh, speak about one the 1FC one card that went down, or the 1 Championship card, which I will refuse to call it, but... Um, and I got a chance to watch a couple of those fights. Let me just talk a little bit about them here. Obviously, Eddie Alvarez lost uh, to Timothy Natsuyukin. Um, it was you know it was it was Eddie Alvarez like the normal Eddie Alvarez. You know he was waiting for his shot, uh, waiting to to get his opportunity to 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 clash with Timothy to knock him out in in that big um, you know in the big meeting in the middle of the octagon like he usually does in the middle of the cage even. But Timothy was just faster than him that was that was the, the the top and bottom of it for me I thought he was just faster than him he caught him with that one big shot he put the pressure on he saw he had him hurt and he kept going forward and Eddie Alvarez wilted to that and and he you know he went up the cage, against the cage fell and and went down and, and and got finished and it was as simple as that really you know back hitman was talking about it on Twitter and I saw a lot of people you know is he Eddie, Eddie Alvarez finished is he you know over the hill where do you see right to let him go and all and you know, you can make those arguments if you want, but I think he just got beaten by the better man on the day, who had the better game plan, who was, you know, uh, the better man today, the, the better fighter on the day, hundred percent. He he looked like speed is a huge thing in MMA, but when speed causes your opponent to not be able to hit you at all, almost at all, when his kind of game plan is to just hit you with big shots and knock you out. Which I'm sure Eddie, Eddie Alvarez's game plan wasn't as simple as that, but from the looks of it, at the start at least, it was it was a little bit like that, you know, to take it easy, to, to be very, not very defensive, but to, you know, to mind yourself defensively, don't get hit, and just win that, you know, win the war when it got into kind of the short distance in exchanges when when you're inside when both guys are inside, win those battles there, and he just didn't do it. Timothy was faster than him. He was <laughs> you know, he was just better than him in that situation. Hit him with that big shot and and, and uh, lay it into him and, and kept going. Uh for Demetrius Johnson, obviously it was he was it was a <laughs> a little bit uh, easier. Um he got the win via second round guillotine choke over uh Yuya Wamus- uh, Waka Matsu even. Um you know, he got caught with a few shots standing up as well. It wasn't, you know, I say as much easier. It wasn't an easy fight by any means. Looked a lot bigger than Demetrius as well, he did. And, you uh, look, Demetrius had to go to his wrestling fairly fairly lively. And that that tells you how much of a fight he was actually in. Because it, it looked a bit desperate, uh, uh, you know, at, at stages. And the only thing I could think about was, he's a shoulder injury. And he had, you know, he had shoulder surgery. And coming back from uh, from that for the Henry Cejudo fight, which he he still obviously won. But he, you know... He didn't get the judge's decision, whatever you want to say about it. Um to me he looked kind of like that guy again you know shoulder injuries are no jokes it's not that easy to come back for no shoulder injuries and you know if you maybe lose a bit of pop lose a bit of speed lose a bit of confidence in that striking and that shoulder it it can take its toll as well now take a, a nothing away from uh, Yakamatsu. He, he i thought he did a good job but demetrius just had that advantage in the wrestling and the grappling he almost got the submission in the first and then got the the mckinsey team uh david down as a guillotine here but a uh, mckinsey team in the in the second as well. Uh, Got a win as well via disqualification. Uh, um, Those the the three title fights as well. Uh Shang got the win there. Uh, Angela Lee lost in the Jingnan as well, and uh, Shinya Aoki almost uh, Auburn Martel. Uh, the the head of uh, Edward Fala Young there as well to uh, to get a big win in the main event. All right, let's move on to some of the questions here. One from Patreon first. Uh, Obviously, if you're not signed up to Patreon, we put up a post every Sunday, and your questions will be answered on the main podcast, and usually a little bit more on this Q&A podcast as well, which comes out uh, every Tuesday. First one here from Andy uh, Andrew Even Is Justin Gaethje a nightmare matchup for Habib? He can wrestle, or at the very least, defend a takedown. He has killer leg kicks and real power in his hands. Imagine how much fun that fight would be. Look, I I can't disagree with any of that, but the one thing you have to, to talk, think about and talk about more when you're saying things like that is, okay, he, he's a good wrestler, but good good wrestler, then there's Habib Nurmagomedov, do you know what I mean? It, it, there's a big difference there between being a good wrestler and being able to keep Habib Nurmagomedov off you. Now, I think the best way of keeping Habib Nurmagomedov off you is to either be a way better wrestler than him, which I don't think anyone would argue Gaethje is, or to be a forward pressure monster put your, you know, put your head in his head, go forward, hitting with big jabs, big shots, big straights down through the middle, that's why I thought Conor McGregor would would do pretty well against him if he was 100%, but, uh, you know, and if he had the right game plan, but I I don't think he was was either of those two things uh, going into that fight, and that's also why I think... um, that's also why I think Max Holloway would be a terrible matchup for him if they if they did fight. But Justin Gaethje, would he be that terrible of a matchup for him? Maybe you know if he can get that forward motion, if he can fight like he did against uh, Edson Barbosa and you know picky shots while going forward, you know that's what you need. That's exactly what you need. But I don't think he's as good as at that as Max Holloway is, so if I was to pick between the two of them, I think Max Holloway has the best chance of doing that, but I wouldn't rule him out totally, I, I'd favour Habib, I think Justin Gaethje is still adjusting to that game, I think Luke Thomas put up a post about it saying, you know, this is not the first time he's done this, and it's definitely not, you know, he did it against James Vick, he's, he's done it previously, but I think after those couple of losses in the UFC, Justin Gaethje kind of realised he had to do it more, and it had to be more you know, adept in the game planning department if he wanted to succeed and really become a UFC champion, you know, you, you hear him talking about the game and how it's, a, you know, a devastating game and th- that's kind of the reason why and, and you know, that, that's why he's changed but, look, th- I think that'll help him against Habib but I don't know if he's good enough in that, situ- in that you know, particular aspect of the game to actually beat Habib even though I think that's where Habib would, would probably be more susceptible but look, I- I'd love to see it uh, happen anyway. Alright, let's move over here to Facebook. Uh, Andy Hall, get called out Habib? Oh, here we go again, as a Division 1 wrestler and massive pressure fighter with ten, uh, ten, tenacity for days even, could he actually be the one to topple Habib that none of us consider? I don't think none of us considered it, um, but I, I, I do think, I do think people, the thing about Gaethje is everyone wants to see him fight everyone. You know, no, no matter who is against, I want to see him fight it because usually, you know, guys are are really fun. I don't know. Think of like a really, the really. Okay, Adesanya, let's see him. A really exciting up and comer. Like you wouldn't want to see Adesanya fight this this big wrestler who's probably you know going to take him down or or something like that. You know, you want to see him fight other exciting guys. Whereas Gechi, you don't care who he's fighting because if he fight the wrestler, he can just keep keep it on his feet beat him on the feet and make it exciting anyway. So that's what makes Gaethje so amazingly good. Uh, and that's why people love him so much. But uh, yeah, that B fight is... Obviously, it's a, it's a different story uh, than, than that as well. Um, Joseph Corberly What's next for Paul Craig? And then he asks about Gaethje versus Ferguson. See, it's a different one for Paul Craig as well because I don't think, you know, with the performances he's given... Okay, the delays... Um, the delayed submissions and stuff are great, but but the performances he's given up until then, I don't think he's gonna be calling out for like a top fifteen guy or anything like that. And then at middleweight, you know, it's it's tough. There aren't that many kind of guys who whose names you think of straight off the hand who who maybe you'd you'd want him to fight or something like that. Um I, I don't know. Maybe he can reach into the top top fifteen with with someone like, you know, Uriah Hall or or, or someone like that. Or someone coming maybe coming off of a loss, maybe Brad Tavares or someone like that. Uh but yeah, I look I think uh, I I think Craig would, it might actually benefit him to get a, a good guy like that because even if he did lose, you know, he mightn't get, mightn't get caught after. Whereas if he got beat to, you know, by a guy, you know, like the the guys he's been fighting recently, maybe he would. But um, you know, it's it's always Paul Craig has a reputation now for being a finisher, and obviously he's finished every fight or, or been finished in every fight, never gone to a decision. So people are gonna like him for that. So I think he could, you know, he could hang around for a good time. Uh, just I also ask Geachy versus Ferguson. That that would be a fun fight. Like that's just absolute insanity that's almost too too much violence for for one ring for one octagon Um, I'm not sure how would it actually go uh, because both guys can take such a licking and keep on ticking that who's gonna fall first like to me it looks like a fight who's gonna fall first both guys can stand and pick their shots as well and obviously Gaethje proved that you know more so last weekend than he's ever proved before um but Tony Ferguson can do that too Tony Ferguson can get it to the ground he can you know he can use his jiu-jitsu game how good is is his Gaethje's jiu-jitsu game his wrestling is obviously very good but he doesn't like to use it too much I'm sure it's very very good but is it up there with the kind of the funky nature of Tony Ferguson's You know, it's a very, very interesting fight, and it's funny that I got to the ground first because it's hard to even contemplate how to go on the feet because these guys are just. So, you know so good and, and so mad and on the feet that it'd be absolutely uh absolutely fantastic uh vincent cole jr do you think uh what do you think is dana white's next big play in interviews he says there's something coming zoo for boxing amateur emma organization like wwe nxc yeah i don't know he's been talking a lot about zoo boxing uh well maybe not a lot but he talked he talked about it maybe last year a lot so maybe that's something that could be as play maybe you know, maybe signing one of the boxing organizations to be on Fight Pass or something like that. You know, you see, um, you know, you see the zone, you see ESPN Plus, and all those places signing up all these all these boxing organizations. It could be could be something like that. You know, it could be his own boxing organization, as I said, uh, going on that as well. But it, it's an interesting time. An amateur organization. I don't think that's the UFC's job. There's enough uh you know amateur organizations and pro organizations even out there which are basically feeder leagues to the ufc you know like a uh, cffc i think is the one and and obviously cage warriors over in this part of the world as well as obviously a great feeder league for the UFC. not may- maybe if not officially it's you know they, i think they take pride in doing that and and it's uh, it's it's a smart way of probably doing it uh, Mr. Podge, friend of the podcast, how long before we see Tonin stay is Bellator a better fit than the UFC, no I'd love to see Gary Tonin, he obviously got a win as well there which I, I didn't mention earlier on, I want to see 4-0 now, dominant again, Gary Tonin, you know I look at Cron Gracie and I think, okay he's a really good Jiu Jitsu guy, if you can get that, that fight to the ground he's, he's probably going to beat you, definitely going to beat you, submit you. Uh but if it stays standing he's probably going to get decimated, I look at Gary tonin and I see, not, maybe not the opposite, but I look like a guy who can hang on the feet, whose striking is improving. or Okay, he's definitely not the finished article, but looks good on the feet. Not just looks, you know, acceptable on the feet. He looks good. His takedowns look good. Obviously, his jiu-jitsu is, he's top, top class. Like, Gary tonin has to be one of the top prospects in MMA now. When I was doing the... Uh, the nominations for the awards last year, the Severe May Awards, he was one of the, the, the emerging prospects of the year, I believe, or, or one of the, you know, one. he was definitely up for one of the awards anyway. So that's how highly I think of, think of Gary Tonin. I think a lot of people uh, do too. So over the next year or so, it's it's going to be interesting that that step up, whether he can get it at 1FC or not, how long of a contract he has there. Like, to me, I, I think UFC is a better fit for him, but I think 1FC is a good fit for him for 10 fights. That that's my way of thinking of it. Like all maybe not all the best fighters in the world, but most of the best fighters in the world had plenty of fights before they got to the to the UFC. Okay, you can look at John Jones and all, but he's you know, he's kind of the the, the outlier. You look at you know, Demetrius before he became the best, loads of fights. Conor McGregor before he came became uh into the UFC, you know, what did he, 12, 14 fights or something like that. That's what you need. So give Gary Tonin that experience in one F C no problem at all with that, and and let's see uh, how it goes. Uh Nick Dadain oh uh, at oh In. today why is michelle watterson versus varley lareda the fight we never knew we needed yeah that, that could be fun obviously lareda is, is very early i think she's only one and now isn't she uh the the and she's in bellator as well obviously the uh is she she taekw- i think she's a taekwondo world championship or one of those martial arts anyway yeah, that, yeah that'd be fun but obviously uh watterson's a level above uh, at the moment thomas delaney how good was Jack hermanson tonight to do that to a high level gracie black belt is on another level where do you see him in the next 12 months who's next for him yeah, I see him, you know, I could see him going far, you know, Jack Ramanson's a guy who every time we see him fight, he's getting a step up in competition and he's looking better, he's rising to that step up, you know, I mentioned um, Brad Tavares earlier on, I think Graham mentioned that in the podcast as well, I think that, that would be a good fight. There's, middleweight is one of these places where you can get any Uriah Hall as well I think and I mentioned that on the podcast I think Uriah Hall versus Jack Manson would be a fun fun fight I think Uriah Hall likes to travel as well maybe if there's the European card I think there's a Swedish card isn't there later on in the year Uriah Hall versus Jack Manson that Swedish card I don't know if Uriah Hall is a, a, a fight booking or not but uh, there you go that, that one's for me Farrell Connolly, friend of the podcast, not a question, but uh, great credit to Josh Emmett and Justin Gaethje on not jumping and opponents, yeah, after after big chaos, would be good if more fighters done likewise, uh, 100%, yeah, I, I really like that, especially when, when you don't need that, but was funny, I was actually watching the uh, the fight with a few members of the family with an old barbecue over and they were saying, they were kind of saying, oh, why did he jump down why didn't he? and I was like, oh, I didn't hit him, but it's like, it's it's the fighter's job to jump down and try to finish the fight. It's the referee's job to stop it. And Keith Peterson, especially in the uh, in the Justin Gaethje fight, did really, really well to get in there and, and stop him. Although I think he was kind of pulling out. But the reason the fighters do it, and, I, you know, I, okay, credit them for not doing it. But I wouldn't take anything away from far doing it either. Because we've seen it so many times where guys are down and they get three seconds on the ground when the fella walks away. And then they kind of recover a little bit and, oh, they're not out. And the fight goes on. So you kind of have to do it. You know, I see how it's it's one of those grey areas in MMA where it looks really, really bad when it happens. But if you really think about it and, you know, past this prologue, you see things that have happened in the past, you can understand why they do it. Um, Sean Dini, are Europeans unfairly judged on damage to the face slash body considering we bruise and cut so easily? Um... I don't know. Is it just Europeans? I I don't. Yeah, I think Jess Jessica Aguilar is is the example from the weekend. Who's yeah, I think she's of Mexican or origin Mexican American, and she cuts up very very badly and Bruce. Look at the Diaz brothers as well. They cut up very badly and stuff. So maybe not just Europeans, but yeah. Look and actually, it's a funny point as well because Aguilar's t shirt. She was wearing a white t shirt and it was blood all over, and it looked so bad, like, that, that'd be a thing I'd be thinking of, if, you know, obviously, you know, wearing white shirts if you're a man, or white shirts on white top, if you're, if you're a woman, like, them getting covered in blood, it just looks so much worse, I'd be, like, wearing, that's something I'd be thinking of, like, I need to wear red, if I get caught, or even my opponent gets caught. they might, you know, see, you know, falling down off me, that, that looks bad, and damages the a thing now in the judging criteria, so, um, yeah, I, uh, you know, it's obviously a, a, kind of an odd point, but, I think it's something, people should probably be thinking of and and, uh, and, and uh, adjusting accordingly. Uh, Graham H. How much does Paul Craig, Craig love being in the last chance loon? Yeah, he's some man. I think three fights in a row now have finished in the last, uh, what, 40 seconds of the fight. Obviously, he lost one of them. But, you know, when you're a guy as dangerous as Paul Craig and when you're fighting him, you have to think and think and think and not stop thinking because he's going to keep coming and keep going for you. And uh, he's, uh, he's some bio. He is, in fairness. Uh, Greg, is Justin Gaethje human? I'm not sure. Is he? He's just... Like, Justin Gaethje is Is such a great, fun fighter. Like I was talking about earlier on, there isn't a fight I wouldn't like to see Justin Gaethje, and he's, he's that good. He's really fun. To me... There's some guys you just absolutely love watching, like a Gaethje, like a a Diego Sanchez, or a a Wanderby, or an Adesanya, or something like that, and you know, maybe it doesn't always work out, like Wanderby, he's had a few boring fights and stuff like that, and Adesanya has had one or two, not that, that, well, he's, not really, I suppose, but, you know, it it does happen, but, these guys, they, they always come out, try to come out, and they try to, to entertain, they try to improve, they try to, you know, get their opponents out of there. You just have to love guys like that. And Barbosa is a guy like that as well. I, I adore Barbosa. I think he's a really great fighter. And it was funny, actually, someone asked me last week about oh, who you favour in these fights and I was thinking like I, I don't really favour anyone anymore and I'm, I'm not taking a piss or anything I just I don't I, I don't look at fights that way I look at it from both sides and how you know these guys can be can be really good it's like I'm actually a fan of everyone I was thinking about I was like I'm a fan of no one it's actually like I'm a fan of everyone and I just want everyone to do their best and you know when everyone does their best and fights their best fight it actually turns into better fights for me to watch as you know a fan of fighting and not a fan of of the uh, of the people themselves individually or, or not you know uh, someone supporting them anyway but but, you know, I, I think that's... I think that's even more fun. I've, I've always kind of been that way. And, you know, people say wonder Boy and stuff. And I, I like by But it's because his style. Because he's like that. I You know, I love Gaethje. I love his style as well. Or Diego Sanchez. Or, you know, Ben Askren's style as well. I love his take. On GSP back in the day. The, you know, Jacare with his jujitsu and stuff like that. There, there's so many different styles that you can appreciate in MMA. Um, it's always good. But I got into a, an awful tangent there. And, you know, same kind of point here. Derek Kelly... Uh, Kildara, friend of the podcast, legend from great man from Pine Pines. Uh Is there a more enjoyable fight to wa- fighter to watch than a Justin Gaethje? Uh, uh, is there a more enjoyable fight to watch than a Justin Gaethje fight? It's it's hard. It's hard, isn't it? There, there isn't. No, it's hard to say someone else who is as enjoyable as him. You know, you might say Tony Ferguson. You might say, you know, McGregor's fights are pretty exciting. You know, Derek Lewis fights didn't be exciting, although that Francis Ngannou one, yeah, there, there, I don't think there is. Justin Gaethje is just, just unbelievable. Uh, and the Justin Gaethje versus, who would you have next? I'm talking myself into Tony Ferguson here. I, I really love that fight. Pettis fight, I, I don't, I think Gaethje would win that so easily. I don't think it'd be an excellent fight. I think it'd be like a, probably a 4.8 or something like that. But uh, him versus Ferguson would be probably, you know, touching... Eight point nine, maybe nine point one of a fight. would be that'd be fantastic. If you haven't seen them already, severemed.com forward slash ratings. I'm gonna start rating fights from now on using the uh, the Dave Portnoy Pizza Review scale. So that's that's gonna be fun and a fun talk of mine we're gonna have here for everyone going forward. Uh three or four more questions here, Mr. Podge. uh is it best for everyone if Ross Pearson just moves to Bellator and gets on U.S. based cards? It probably is at this stage, or even retires. You know, Ross Pearson has fought. He's fought his fight now. He his time his time is done. And I'd you know, I'd love to see a guy like him retire. I don't want to see him getting too much more damage. And he's got a fair bit of damage over his career. Ross Pearson's taking knockouts. He's been in wars. You know, he doesn't need any more damage on his brain. And I'd love to see someone like that retire, but I fear uh, I fear that's asking a lot. Um Ian O'Neill, a couple questions from him here was Kevin Holland's post fight interview the worst ever came across (laughs) very unlikable and can we take a minute to appreciate the early starts for the ESPN has given us yeah Kevin Holland wasn't wasn't great um yeah it was it was another one and ESPN yeah it's it's great being so early at 11 o'clock yesterday I think that fight card started and obviously that's with um with the the clocks as well so it's 12 o'clock normally but look that's perfect for me 12 o'clock main card if you can do more of them please and thank you very much It'd it'd be great um mr bodge did a poll here what's santos's path to taking the light heavyweight title against john jones uh, he asked jones dq jones freak injury, jones takes a dive or aliens guess which one yeah it was aliens of course so <laughs> oh, yeah maybe that one um mr bodge again here's a few more here how many bad nicknames could be blamed on ufc matchmaking or the ufc marketing department he asked about uh, mike bones tweet about the polish princess yeah, there's there's probably a few, but I don't think they call her that in the cage. I was listening out for it anyway. So uh, there you go. All right, everybody, that's the end of the Q and A for this week. It's usually around this lint. If you're not uh, a podcast subscriber, um, or a Patreon subscriber, even feel free to sign up to Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash severe podcast. If you go to severemed.com forward slash Patreon. P A T R E-O-N. sign up price of a pint a month five or a month five dollars about 450 euros or something like that and you get loads of podcasts you get this podcast every tuesday you get early access to the main podcast you will get the rewatch every thursday throwback thursday and you get all the other podcasts as well if you sign up for a 20 euro uh 20 subscriber uh package the platinum package you can get your own 15 minute podcast every month and it's usually more than that we've one coming up on um, I believe Wednesday hopefully this week anyway on Fedor Meningo his re- his uh, career retrospective so that one should be fun and the rewatch this week is Max Holloway versus Dustin Poirier 1 so sign up better.com forward slash to hear my podcast if you're already signed up really appreciate you thanks very much I love you all I'll see you all next time good luck